We want to welcome all of our listeners to the fifth episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with real operators and leaders in digital media. Many of you listening may know Wu. He's the VP of Programmatic Strategy and works at Cadreon, the ad tech unit of IPG specializing in programmatic. He has great experience in tech, formerly Pubmatic. Let's jump in and get to know Wu. Hey, guys. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, yeah. First, before we start, I got to say, I am so proud of both of you for setting this up and what you guys are looking to do here. Thank you so much. I've spoken to many of our colleagues in the space who have told me great things about some of the stuff that's coming out of these podcasts. So thank you. Awesome. We all appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Good you feedback to hear. Yeah. Yeah. The buzz has been positive. It's amazing having Corel even being in international settings and being able <laughs> to deliver that message and here domestically. Thank you very much. for My pleasure. What we love to talk about here is obviously getting to know folks, you know, not only professionally, tell us about what you're doing right now, but also how did you grow up? Tell us about your family. Tell us about your identity and your culture. Where were you born? Where were you yeah, raised? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'll start back from day one. I am born in Flushing, Queens, a native New Yorker. I moved to Long Island, New York around two, two and a half years old. So my father is Pakistani. My mom is Indian. So South Asian descent. My parents are immigrants. They came to this country back in the 70s. They weren't married at that time, but that is my ethnic background. I now, today, am a extremely proud father of two beautiful girls, mm -hmm. Sophia Rose, she's five years old, and Naya Grace, she is nine months old. So for both of you who are parents, you guys know. Thanks, oh, yeah. Thanks for being awake right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, how, how's your sleep going these days? You know what? <laughs> sleep, sleep is uh, on the second go around. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. We've mm -hmm. learned uh, from a lot of our mistakes on the first go around, but thank God we are getting some sleep. So it's nice. <laughs> I can't say that's happening every single day, but for the most part, it's happening. So it's exciting. It's exciting. So today, as you mentioned, I'm the vice president of programmatic over at Cadreon. It's an exciting time to be at Cadreon. I think it's an exciting time to be in programmatic in general. I wasn't always in this industry. I started my career actually at a company called Enterprise Holdings, better known as Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Mm -hmm. I started there right after college. I was there for, I would say, about six and a half, seven years. What did you learn there that translates into what we do today? You know what? So much. I feel that anyone and everyone out of college should be working on enterprise. We learn literally how to be a business person right. or a business owner, yep. how to manage a P&L, how to train and develop employees, how to have conversations with clients. Most people think of enterprise as a cult. In some respects, it could be, but it is absolutely amazing. After seven years of working there, one of my dear, dear friends who also worked at enterprise had left and was working in the digital landscape. And he basically reached out to me saying, hey, Wu, there's this awesome opportunity at the company I'm working for. We're going to be bought by Google. You should definitely make the jump. And I drank the Kool-Aid. I made the jump. But it was probably the best decision I think I've ever made in my life. It was a huge risk for not only myself, but my, for my family. And in doing so, since then, it has been an amazing ride for me. It's funny, I always call the year that I moved into digital, the year digital saved my life. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a statement that's like so way too strong. But at the same time, when I think about what I do every single day, it could not be more true. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. Know, it's so true. Like our industry, it changes so much. Literally, uh, I have this saying to my team, every Tuesday, it's different. Yep. Right? How awesome is it? Like we are constantly students. And for me to be in a leadership position, one of the things I've learned, and I think this comes from enterprises, in order to be a good teacher, you first have to be a good student. And what better industry to be in to be a good student? Because so it's changing so much. All the time, yep. You constantly have to be learning. You constantly have to be reading, talking to people, which I think helps not only us from a development perspective, but helps our clients as well. Isn't it interesting, mm-hmm. like today, sometimes you feel like you've studied more than you've ever oh, have in, your, in your whole career. Absolutely. You're always studying and there's never a big exam. Right. It's like college was easier than ad tech. (laughs) So you're always sort of studying to learn so you can be sharp and then leave it behind and then figure out the next thing. Right. Totally. totally. And I'll I'll give you guys one fun fact. And I don't know if Wu's going to bring this up or not, but we've all made uh, mistakes in our career. We've all had regrets and wish we could go back and do things over. So before Wu actually went to Pubmatic, I had a chance to hire him and I didn't. And, uh, I'll regret that. <laughs> we have to admit those moments too. Right? Oh, man. Absolutely. That was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> You're doing a lot right now. And where are you thinking about sort of the future of the space and how are you preparing for all of that? So I think there's so much going on. I feel that our space has so much to offer. I think the industry is headed in an awesome direction. I think while we're headed in that direction, there's some fundamental things that we need to address. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from some of the conversations I think you guys have had yep. during your podcast, right? I think diversity is an important topic. Unfortunately, it's not a topic that everyone feels comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. I think some of the positive that's coming out with all the negativity around politics today and some of the things going on in our current administration is there's conversations happening that didn't happen in the past. Mm-hmm. Actually, let me back that up. The conversations did happen in the past. Those conversations happened behind closed doors. Right. People had them in silos. They had them at the bar amongst their friends. Now those conversations are happening in public. You see them on TV. All of a sudden, people are stepping up and talking about things that, frankly, haven't been talked about. I think the Me Too movement is another example. Right. Mm-hmm. This is something that has inspired many women not only in the ad tech industry, but in in the business world, to speak up about some of the challenges women are facing. So there's a way to use this to actually amplify the conversation. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, what's funny, as I was preparing for our talk today, I was taking a look at some stats, and it's mind-boggling to me, right? One of the things that kills me is we talk about, hey, it's 2018, this is the first African-American, yada, 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 or... It's 2018, first female, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. That's bonkers to me. Why yeah. are we talking about firsts in 2018, right? So these are the types of things that I would like. Can you share a little bit of for all the stuff? Because right? I know and, and, you guys have research. And, and yeah, that's you know, so, so some of the stats I was looking at. 76% of technical jobs are held by men, mm-hmm. while blacks and Latinos only make up 5% of the workforce. Crazy. In the high-tech industry... The quit rate is more than twice as high for women, which is at 41%, than it is for men at 17%. Right. Women hold 11% of executive positions 
at Silicon Valley Company. Mm -hmm. And I could go on and on, and I'm sure you guys have heard some of these conversations. So as a leader in the space, right, and as someone who has two young daughters who you want to pave the way for, I'm in the same situation. We're not going to solve this overnight, but what do we need to do to change some of those stats? There's this amazing quote, Dr. King said it, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone who hears my voice, who's in a leadership position in our industry, to be that change. Have a conversation with your HR partner. Mm -hmm. Have a conversation with your leadership team. While, yes, it is extremely important to me that my daughters don't have the same challenges as some women do in our industry today and in the business world. Right. But as important my daughters are to me, I also have a team which is majority women. Most of the leaders on my team are women. That is a cause that's extremely important for me, for them as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait for Sophia and Naya for this to be fixed. Mm-hmm. It needs to mm-hmm. be fixed yesterday. So I, I think that sense of urgency is what needs to be across the board for anyone in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not in a leadership position, anyone could impact change. Down from a coordinator to an associate to an associate director, SVPs, you name it. Have the conversation, talk about it, make change happen. I was listening to a podcast today and it was around leadership and diversity, right? And someone made the comment that it's not just about hiring a diverse group of people, right? But it's also how do we keep that diverse group of people engaged and at the company long term. A lot of that has to do with inclusion and culture, so on and so forth. Any thoughts on that? Sure. It's empowerment. So as a leader of an organization, Mm -hmm. as managers, it is your responsibility to train and develop your teams. In order to scale yourself, there's a selfish part to this as well. In order to scale yourself, you need to have a strong foundation. Spend time with folks. Teach them the ropes. Have conversations with them on how they should be speaking to clients, to their business partners, to their agency partners, to their vendors. I believe strongly that there's so many different forms of communication that we're not capitalizing on. Mm -hmm. I strongly believe in one-on-ones. I have them with every single person on my team. Entry-level positions to my directors. Prior to those one-on-ones, they're sending me an agenda. I'm sending them an agenda. Mm -hmm. During that time, we are maximizing the time that we have with each other. The reality is, and there's stats on this as well, is, you know what? There's not that much time in our industry that we get to spend with each other, right? right? From a a 10-year perspective, three years, four years max. Let's maximize that time together because one of the things that I pride myself on the most is I've never had anyone quit on me. No one will ever quit on me. They will graduate. And once they've graduated, they will go on to do better and bigger things. We're living through a time where people don't have 20, 25-year careers. So how do you maximize those moments in a five-year burst, in a two-year burst, in a three- to four-year burst? So I think those are tremendous insights. I wanted to sort of rewind for a second because I heard a lot of what you were saying and a lot of our guests talk about what you were describing in terms of like what you go through and what you don't want your kids to go through. And I can't stop hearing a lot of our elders voices Mm -hmm. and a lot of the folks who 
I don't mean professionally, I mean personally have influenced us to say, our sacrifices were here to sort of do this for you so that you wouldn't have to endure this. I thought it's amazing how similar your words were about your own family sure. from maybe somebody who said that to you. Yeah. So there's this tremendous sort of thing that's passed on over time. And it's amazing. We're still living through it. It's not a bad thing, but we're still doing it, right? We're still, still amplifying that. So I'm thinking overall about underrepresented groups. I know you've been doing a lot of work to sort of address that. Can you talk a little bit about impacting those groups that are yeah. underrepresented and sure. you know, those sorts of things? Yeah. So um, I sit on this committee of an organization called the Impact Network. The Impact Network is a grassroots organization at Cadron that gives a voice to underrepresented employees in the attack industry. So our mission was to empower the members of Cadreon and others to promote and represent inclusion and diversity by providing a community to discuss opportunities and some challenges for these underrepresented groups through the lens of the ATEC industry. Mm-hmm. The person who started this organization at Cadreon, her name is Elizabeth Shorts, known as Liz Shorts. She actually started this organization and it was called the Women's Impact Group. I can't tell you how proud I am of Liz. She brought this idea to our CEO, our global CEO, Erica Schmidt, who, by the way, is a baller. That's awesome. She said, hey, Liz, run with this. (laughs) Run with this, right? So Liz set up this organization. We've had a lot of panels. We've had Tim Armstrong speak at one of our panels over at CES. So there was a lot of buzz about it. As we were meeting on a weekly basis to discuss some of the topics and things that we wanted to cover, you know, we recognize that a lot of the challenges that women have is something that is also felt by many underrepresented groups in our industry. And with the direction of our CEO, Erica Schmidt, she challenged us and she advised us. She said, hey, you know, this is something that could be even bigger, mm. right? Impact Network came from that idea. The Impact Group is something that I actually hope that you guys could participate in one day as well. And I would encourage any listeners out there to reach out to me as well if they would like to be a part of our panel discussions, Mm -hmm. which cover an array of topics. But this organization is bringing out a voice for the voiceless. Mm. It is forcing conversations. And my hope is making a change, especially for the diversity challenges in our space. What's been the reaction to that internally at the company as well as in the, in the space? Oh, so positive. Yeah. One of the amazing things that I feel at working at my organization is the support from our leadership team. Mm. As I was mentioning, Erica has helped spearhead this. Our chief technology marketing officer, I hope I got that title right, <laughs> uh, Arun Kumar has also been on our panel. He's, He's not about the titles. It's yeah. about what you do. Yes. Extremely <laughs> supportive. Michael Roth, CEO of IPG, has also been extremely supportive. And this is a topic that is extremely near and dear to his heart as well. So the support is there. What we would like to do, and this is another example of a form where we could get our voice out there, it's the entire industry, right? right? While I feel IPG is making strides on this topic, I'd like to see that across the board. It's interesting. I, um, I heard a statement. And I wrote it down, and I came back to it, and then it made a whole lot more sense. And it was, when will ad tech and technology look more 
like the rest of the country. Think about that. Let it yeah. sink in for a second. It's like what we do, we live it, we're passionate about it, we love it. But at the same time, it doesn't reflect all of that. And that's okay. But at the same time, when will it look like what the rest of the composition of the country looks like? And that takes time, right? Now, so what I'm wondering is like, when you want to influence that and, and actually influence change mm-hmm. in a positive way, you've shared a lot of names of people who are trying to do it on a macro level. On a smaller level, how have you been impacted by mentors in your time? Oh, do you mentor others? Or, so much. Or do you have others that have helped you to feel that yeah. on a on a smaller level, which ultimately builds up to a bigger level? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mentorship is so important. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the word mentorship is a word that's maybe used too loosely. So I don't have, uh, I guess, defined mentors, but there are people that I look up to that I make sure that I listen to all their podcasts and any panels that they sit on. Mm. And I'll give you some examples. I think one who is standing out right now for me is Cindy Gallup. She has been talking about this topic for a very long time. Mm. She has inspired me as well to further talk about this with every opportunity that I get in regards to some of the diversity challenges in our space. The other part for me is, and I think just being a minority in our space, there's a comfort when you look up and there's someone that looks like you. Absolutely. And there's this old joke. It's mostly for politics, but it translates to our space as well. It's at tech. It's like Mount Everest. The higher you get, the whiter you get. And, and I'll tell you, like for me, seeing Arun Kumar, who's Indian, is a source of inspiration for me. He did it. I know I could do it. Mm-hmm. You know. And then I'll tell you the flip side to this. I'm so fortunate to have this platform. I'm so fortunate to be sitting with you guys right now, and there's people who are going to be listening to our conversation. How do I use this platform to further push this agenda? How do we change the applicant pool that's coming in to be more diverse? Cast a wider net. Right? (laughs) Yes. And that's one thing. But the other side is, like, how many folks in underrepresented areas know about our industry? What are we doing as an organization to inform them, educate them right. about media, about yeah. ad tech? Ad media brands, there's a woman named Julia Velas. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong as well. She invited- Our last names get pronounced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the right well, way I get that problem my whole bit. life too. So Julia asked me to speak at this event that she was hosting. It's called Future Academy where she brought 21 underrepresented high school students to media brands to talk to them about all the things that we do. So every division within media brands came and spoke to these students. I had an opportunity to speak to these guys as well. And as I was sitting there talking to them and I was looking at them, I'm like, wow, you don't represent what I see every single day. But you are the people that I'm marketing to. That's crazy. Right. Tremendous. I need all of you on my team. And this is something I shared with them. Yeah. And as I was going through what programmatic was, which sometimes is very hard to explain, (laughs) by the way, you know, I caught myself and I stopped for a second. And I said, wow, I got another 15 minutes with these guys. How do I maximize this time with them? Right. And I said, hey, guys, every single day is an interview. Every single person you meet, shake their hands, get to know them, network read, jump on LinkedIn, which by the way, none of them knew what LinkedIn was. Um, 
And one of the projects I gave them was, hey, by the end of the week, make sure you jump on LinkedIn and then come link with me because I want to hire you. And I told them about what I said before. Our industry changes every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. But what are we doing as an industry to talk to these kids, these underrepresented kids about what we're doing? To have the ability to cast that wider that net, wider net, right? It, it goes back to Eric a point you made earlier, right? Like the people that came before us, our parents didn't necessarily have to do with ad tech. They paved the way for us, and it's up to us to pave the way for the next generation. We apply right? it to what we do, right? It's amazing. Right. You know, it, it's funny. I sat around this round table, and they were trying to figure out like how to be able to influence more folks, sort of coming into a process where. We talk about how hard it is to create talented people in our industry, right. sort of like the unicorn building discussion. And what we all realize is that we don't communicate well with each other on a macro level, right? On a micro level, we do a really good job. Mm-hmm. How do you inspire others to realize that what we're doing not only influences what we're doing directly, but there are technology implications, there are sales implications, there's infrastructure implications, there's all these things that turn into a business. So it's interesting trying to figure out how to tie that into what we do every single day when sometimes the platforms that have a larger voice that communicate from one to many are not as strong as they could be. And what we do a good job of is one-to-one, right? And one-to-one, easy, one-to-many, hard. So... Woo, thank you for being here today. Thank you for helping oh, us to pleasure. talk a lot about some of these subjects. And your honesty is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. I appreciate it. All right. Woo, how can people find you if they want to talk to you and they want to continue yeah, this discussion? Of course, how do yeah. we do that? So I'm on LinkedIn, Woo Mahmood. I am on a bunch of other social channels as well, but don't reach out to me there because I probably <laughs> won't be looking at it. But LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach out. And I will leave this. Uh, I said it before, and I hope there's folks out there who are listening. If you are in a leadership position, please have conversations with your HR partners. Be the change. I think it's important for it to happen now, not a year from now. Make it as important as some of the other goals that you have been tasked with by your teams and your leadership teams. So one fun fact question that we didn't ask yet that we have to get every podcast. Sure. So your phone, outside of email and calendar, what are your top three apps? Cool. So top three <laughs> apps. So the first one is the baby monitor app. Nest, <laughs> Make, right? Makes sense. I have a little one. Makes I sense. like to keep an eye on keep her. Raw, keep uh, <laughs> so that is one. Another one is Zillow. I actually just recently moved, but prior to moving, uh-huh. I was on that bed, boy, like 15,000 times a day. So that is the second one. And the last one, uh, I love music. It's Spotify. Spotify, okay. Spotify for life. Thanks a lot. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Will, for joining us. And we'll see you for the next Minority Report.